The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Hello, geeks, and welcome to another amazing episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, sidequels, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, and what have you. And tonight, we're going to be discussing a, a cult classic, I guess is the best way to put it. It's not a classic by any stretch of the imagination. It is uh, definitely a film that is appreciated for just how truly bad it is. We're talking about, of course, Ed Wood's Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, there's been multiple remakes that have been done of it before. It's been a inspiration to a number of different films as well. And I'm kind of interested to see how you take such a cult classic, terrible movie and uh, transport it into uh, some other version or another time period. You know, And uh, the person that's going to be helping me on this journey through plans one through eight and officially plan nine is a local comedian and contributor to the GUI network. We've got Carlton K here, the Carl. Hey, what's going on everybody. Hey bud, you've been busy with uh, you've got your own little like interview show thing going on. I do. Uh, actually I have a couple things I'm on, but the one that I'm running. Yeah. I just started that back up and with some new people. That's me throwing it to you so you can go, Oh, oh yeah, that's I was, right. I was building the suspense. Okay. See? All right. All right yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh it's called Help Wanted, and uh, basically the the comedy community is really tight knit, and we literally spend all the nights of the week at open mics giving each other shit, and we haven't been able to do that in like eight or nine months. So <laughs> it's just us calling and checking up on each other, and comedians always love a uh, moment in the sun. So anytime you can put a camera in front of their face and put them online, they're excited to make jokes. So. Well, a moment in the sun, except uh, comedians like you, Gingers, where that's kind of a detriment to your well-being to be in the sun for too long. But Oh, yeah, because they always make a comment that I'm in my dungeon basement Yes, when they see me online. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't help the matters very much by your decoration choices in your basement. By making so. it look like a dungeon. Yeah, yes, yeah maybe that had something to do with it. The worst part is, is the... Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey references that people always oh, make. No. And I'm like, I've never read nor seen that hack crap. <laughs> if if they if they modeled a real dungeon after mine, then maybe I but no, it's uh it never makes me feel good. <laughs> well, you don't wanna like make your basement embody a story that masks a really toxic relationship as a dom sub type no, relationship. I do not. No, okay. I, I do not, yes. I I would rather not that get out. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Correct. Yeah, we will, will not get too deep into that part of your life. What we are going to get into, though, is Plan 9 from Outer Space. 
It was a film that you suggested that we did for uh, this. It's that kind of in-between time of year. It's just at the very beginning of December. So it's, I don't want to dive too hard into the holiday movies just yet, but see, I like a, I like a nostalgia swell. Sure. Holidays after there's no real good Thanksgiving movie. So, I mean, there's, I'm sure you'll get arguments for that, but in my mind, I don't have any on my shelf. So until we did a couple, we did a, a new feature that we're doing on SmackDown Pitch Up called The Shortlist, where I created a post-apocalyptic Thanksgiving movie and I cast it and created the story. And then we also have a, the Turkey-fied movies where we took movies that weren't Thanksgiving-related and made them Thanksgiving-related. So like a Thanksgiving Predator movie okay, and, and the like. So I if gotcha. Hollywood picks up on that and decides to run with it, then we will have more Thanksgiving movies. But until well, then, you're there's correct. only that one. There's actually like a slasher movie, and I'm sure you guys have probably covered it on... Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's well, more... no, actually, no, 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 because Thanksgiving was the was the Eli Roth parody thing, right? Oh, right. No, no, no. There was the. Uh... Yeah, it's like the turkey. It's like a murdering turkey and it's a, a yeah. little puppet turkey. I can't remember what it's called yeah. now, but it might it might actually be Thanksgiving because there's no real other pun you can make for Thanksgiving. No, this is like what? What? Thanks taking foul uh, play. Uh... That's not it. No, that's not it at all. That's too, that's too snooty <laughs> high end for a slasher movie. <laughs> but Plan 9 from Outer Space, uh, for those that are unfamiliar, it was from the, I think, late 1950s. Uh, yeah, 53, I think, is when it came out. Somewhere uh, somewhere around there. And Edward, who's become legendary as this complete trash director. This was really before the like Roger Corman movies started really blowing up, and that was became its own genre almost, just schlock cinema. And... Uh, Edward was on the forefront of that. So there's so many directors in schlock that can really credit uh, Ed Wood and his movies like Plan 9 from Outer Space for being the inspiration for that genre and the and the movies that followed. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not like such a huge Ed Wood fan that I would be like, these are his masterpieces. This is how everything. No, I obviously. But it's um, it's more that the absurdity of what he was trying to do and what he was able to do in the fifties. Like it's, it's almost like the gold standard of crap and the fact that (laughs) someone was able to do it and, and get away with it. Well, not even get away with it. Just, he was so convinced he was making good things. I think like it's hard, you know, the, the um, Johnny Depp portrayal of him or whatever, who knows how accurate that was. But like, if you just look at the body of work and how the things were just piecemealed together. It was like the idea of a movie being made was more important than the quality of said movie. Just the fact that I'm like, we are making a movie. That's it. Like that, that to me is just, I feel like I've been there before, but <laughs> right? no one will ever remember me. <laughs> I like, definitely get that from just, you know, it, anybody on the outside might be like, no, every episode of a podcast you do is perfect. And there's definitely not ones that you phone in. And I will say, uh, that is true for everything on the GUI network, but other podcasts I've heard occasionally have a weak one where it's just like, we got to put something out. Fuck it. People will lose interest <laughs> right? more. Uh, but movie studios do that as well, especially in the 1950s. There was the big Red Scare happening and uh, the atomic age sci-fi and horror movies were really the cream of the crop. It was almost like in the early 2000s with Japanese horror films where if you made any kind of crap in Japan and called it a horror film, it was going to be selling in the United States. It oh, didn't yeah. matter. 
that was kind of the nature of, of the film industry at that time in the 1950s. So here comes Ed Wood, and he's not incorrect that just, no, having a movie is more important than it being good. Let's just throw some things on film and then call it a day. And Plan 9 from Outer Space, it's big, hilarious contribution to the history of filmmaking is taking stock footage of Bella Lugosi and just like intercutting it into the movie so that they could put him on the uh, on the movie as like a featured actor in this movie. Yeah. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's hard to defend, I guess. Is really... <laughs> like, so there's the motivate. My motivation behind this was was twofold. The absurdity of it was one, obviously, because then it's just fun to make fun of it. But sure. the the second part was um, I'm completely obsessed and fell in love with Lovecraft Country. And in my mind, that's the kind of remake, that stylized look. And I mean, in the time frame, all that stuff, that stylized look is how I would want the remake set and the tone that I would like for it. Sure. But just, you know, good acting uh, better dialogue. Uh, so all the things tweaking, that tweaking the plot a little bit, maybe just a touch. Yeah. So all the things that were not Take all the, the terrible out, I think is really what I'm getting. <laughs> then you just get the title. Like that's all that's left. And even the, the title the, is not that, not that great. I love, Oh God. I love when the title is basically explained in the movie when they shoot to the aliens and the head alien looks like he's one of the actors at, uh, that place where knights fight each other. where you eat Turkey legs. With oh his, yeah. He's got like um, a battle axe yep. logo on his shirt, the alien, and it makes no yeah, sense. No sense. It makes zero. Yeah. That, and wh- I watched it again recently just to, you know, refresh the memory. And <laughs> it, you see sometimes what's funny is as poorly made as it is because of what you're focused on at the time, the next time you see it, you could be focused on something completely different. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, that was bad. And it's like, you know what? I never even noticed that that was there. Like, it gets worse as you watch it. But that's I think that's the that's why people love it so much that well, people that actually love it for real. I think that's why it's like you notice things, but it was so low budget. You can't believe you didn't see it before because there's only four things in the shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I didn't even realize that. Like, so when I, when I watched it again, of... I just I looked at it with another eye and it was just ridiculous. And the <laughs> actors just ridiculous. some of the absolute worst acting that's ever existed on film is in this movie as well here's this and this is another thing i noticed too i don't think it's i don't even consider it acting like they the way all the lines in that movie are delivered by everyone except for maybe the head alien dude but he just sounds like an announcer sure Um, everyone's literally just saying their dialogue they're not acting they're just saying what was on the page with very little to no emotion (laughs) none and no timing in between no like Oh, this sounds like a regular conversation. Like while that person's finishing their line, the other person's like, no, Barbara, like just <laughs> cutting each other off just because that's where they are in the script. Like, it's so bad. I like their, they announce their, their emotions a lot in this film as well, where it's like, I'm scared, Jeff. You know, yeah. <laughs> Don't be like, it's <laughs> yeah. The That's the thing. So my, my thoughts for it and why it works for smack my pitch up is because even there was only, I think there's, you said there were multiple remakes when you were making the intro, but I think there's only one actual remake that called itself that. I know there's, was, there's one. It was called, like in 2015 or something. Uh, that was called Plan 9. And then there's. Oh, no, that was all it was called. It was just called Plan 9. But it was uh, still a remake. Yes. Um, and yeah. there's a lot of movies that are kind of homage Adjacent. to. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> one that I actually really enjoy that if you haven't had the chance to see it, it came out in like the early 2000s. It was an Australian 
alien zombie film called Undead. And it very much kind of has the same tone as, uh, or the same storyline basically as Planet for Outer Space. It's like a rural town and uh, aliens come and they make the dead come back and kill the living. And the the living are trying to find a way to like stop it. And that's 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 the entire plot of Plan Nine from Outer Space, but they're just do it in a goofy like zombie comedy Australian movie version. No, I hadn't seen that one, but very the... good. I I very much uh, suggest giving that a look if you like uh, zombie horror count, comedies. Two thousands, like two thousand four or five, maybe somewhere mm-hmm. around there. I mean, so. the name sounds familiar. So, so you're thinking more like that stylized kind of like yeah. So I I, I still think like I I wouldn't remake it modern. I would remake it. Um like in the fifties, like exactly the same style. Uh, like, cause I did notice that like one of the scenes where there's a car, the cop car is the same as the other car is the same as the other car, uh, except for the convertible, which there's a, a shot where the dude says goodbye to his wife and gets in the passenger side of the car and slides over to the driver's side. I have no idea why, <laughs> like even the motions on screen look awkward, not just the dialogue. Like that's how bad it is. Yeah. But yeah. So stylized like the fifties. Cause like I said, like, when I started watching Lovecraft Country, I mean, I associate, you know, Plan 9 and all that stuff from the 50s, but it's like the weird 50s, not like the Back to the Future 50s. Sure. So when I was watching Lovecraft, it was like, oh, my God, I love the way this looks. I love how, I mean, even the clothes they did were like amazing. And if you could like transport those people in that era looking and, you know, even the way they filmed it. If you could, tra- that's just kind of the brainchild for it. Transfer that and then have an actual, like, little more cohesive script of Plan <laughs> 9 put together. Sure. And then, like, just, you know, better dialogue. Like, just pump pump everything that's in it up to now, but make it look like it did then. And, you know, obviously better effects, but. Sure. That's I mean, not a high bar. I could draw What's... on a piece of cardboard <laughs> right? and it would be better effects. <laughs> the best is the flying saucer scenes in this fucking movie where it's clearly just little badly made models of oh, yeah. flying saucers that are just hanging on string. And then at some point they have stock footage of the military shooting off missiles. And yeah. the look of it is so wildly different than the rest of the movie. And then it cuts <laughs> to the saucers and there's little like pew, 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 yeah. little spark shooting off near them. It's the most absurdly. It is. It absolutely looking is. Thing ever. Well, the best part is, is like they show, and I, again, this is just a testament to how horribly horrible it is. Um, every time they show the flying saucer, it's, you know, round and silver and like, you know, thin. And then when they showed the ship, like where they find the entrance to the ship, which it's is like, a ladder a glued to a wall yeah. and a door. Yeah, well, and it's, I don't even think it's a building. I literally think they just leaned two pieces of plywood up together and painted it. And then all the interiors, it's like, I didn't realize that they stuccoed the inside of a spaceship. Well, that and they, they just had their equipment on a table <laughs> right. that run, that flies the spaceship is on a table behind <laughs> them. <laughs> I love it so Where's much. Where's the coffee maker? Oh, you just launched missiles. Like they have no. Oh, it's, it, it's nonsense. Yeah, it's so bad. And that was the, that's actually what's funny. The One of the things I noticed watching it again was the big fight scene at the end where he's, you know, punching it out with this alien and, and things in the background start to burst into flames. They're pyrotechnics guy you know off the chain but <laughs> there's when they start fighting or whatever the one of the tables falls over and flips over and again 
they didn't like dress it up or anything. It's a table. It's a wooden table like <laughs> on a spaceship. But so when they flip it over, that's what I noticed this time was I'm looking at it going, Jesus Christ, that's just a table. Like, how did I not notice that before? Oh, because I was too busy paying attention to the other random crap in the background. It makes no <laughs> sense. Like, so like that's what I meant by seeing other things. Like, it, that just struck me as odd because, it, <laughs> yeah, just put it in the corner there. That looks like a spaceship. Let's roll. Like, yeah, right. I, I just try to put myself in his mindset and I just, and it's, it's impossible. Definitely like there was no money to make this film. He got a chance to, where there was a pr- producers out there that were like, oh, well, if you make a thing, we'll distribute it. Fuck it. Who cares? And he yep. just did what he could with I'm what he sure had. Not sure it got that much distribution. <laughs> no, but I mean, it got enough where it. I mean, it turned enough heads that it's still around today. I mean, that in twenty twenty, there's made it a into podcast. A DVD, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> now, I like the idea of you kind of doing like a stylized nineteen fifties approach to this film, yeah, and kind of like building it out a little bit more. It's it's got to be camp. There's no way you can't do this as as like a you can't do this seriously. You got to have a little well, bit of when I that's what I was saying when I when I they had every intent of it being serious, like they meaning all the multiple personalities in Ed Wood's head. Yeah. But I, he the 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 people who were acting in it as either favors or whatever they were playing it all straight like. Even even Vampira and Thor Johnson was like, you could tell there was no campiness to them. That was their real acting. Like, oh, and Thor were, was so bad. Like, Just... it, yeah, I mean, it, him to say that he makes a better zombie than he does a human because of the way he delivered the dialogue before they, you know, before he yeah. dies. I was like, you do a way better job as just a zombie because <laughs> it's so. Oh God! I'm wondering. Just thinking if, about it gives me anxiety. <laughs> I'm wondering if that was the actor that was really being studied by the uh, in Death to Smoochie. There's that bo- boxer who's like punch drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ends up delivering lines on the the Smoochie show. And I swear that he's channeling Tor in his role in Death to Smoochie because the weird pacing of bad acting is almost exactly the same. Yeah. It. It. <sighs> Yes. <laughs> like, like I can't even I can't even articulate. Now, I, what I'm actually looking at doing is kind of celebrating the absolute total crap that this movie is by doing a, like a campy version but intentionally having, you know, like the microphone dip into the shot and there being like a piece of the set peeled away a little bit, it being See, on tables, just really I'm I mentally am seeing it in a to- totally different direction. But like I so like the 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 tone and the the level of Lovecraft Country is really what what I was like. Man, it would be cool if Plan Nine was like this. So basically, all of my jumping off points are based around that. No, that's great, and that's why we're gonna. And have the di- look, but see, I actually see it depending on how well the script is written, and who writes the script is a big part of this. Sure. When I say rough outline, I'm talking real rough, like we use these things. And my my favorite thing that they do, and I, I know this makes me sound like. Peter Griffin, that's what it is. When they say the name of the movie in the title, or the sure. title of the movie in the yep. or, uh, Starlight Express or whatever. So, uh, or so no, that like was Craig uh, Robinson is like, looks like we have ourselves a hot tub time machine. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> oh, that. Cool. But um, when lines of dialogue are reused in a remake, 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's I, I like that. I don't like. I'm not talking about. I wasn't actually saying using the or saying the title of the movie in the movie, but I meant along those lines where like just one piece of dialogue or one snippet of dialogue that you they stick in that's from the original sure. and they do it kind of. You know what I'm saying? They even did it with Star Trek for crying out loud. <laughs> right. Um, but there's like, but I wanted them to use like the the only my only campiness factor for it would have been or would be, um one of the extremely dumb lines of dialogue uh, from the alien to them at the end. Cause those always stick in my head. The one where he's like, because all of you earths, uh, because all of you on earth are idiots. And he just says <laughs> right. it so matter of fact, but it just, it makes no sense. And it just made me laugh. And then the worst one of them was like, um, your stupid mind, stupid, stupid. <laughs> it's like, you couldn't have written like I don't understand, but if they were to be able to use one of those lines somewhere in a much more grittier, serious <laughs> like take on the storyline, I think it would be funny. Like I just I don't know why that I, just tickles me. The idea of it just makes me. I happy. do love that. Like Edward must have watched the day the Earth stood still and went, oh, an environmental kind of underlying thing that we can throw into the movie at the end of the aliens being like, Hey, you guys are fucking up and we don't want you to like fuck up the world. So like chill out or we'll destroy you. And he's like, I'll just do exactly the same thing, but not, I don't know how to write dialogue. So it comes off as you're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> I mean, literally that's the quote. It's the best. Cause he's like, even in normal conversation, the way that pacing and it just, I don't understand. I really don't. I, I guess they just didn't know. I guess the average person didn't know how to act or how acting is a like a thing, I guess. <laughs> the people that were, do you want to be an actor? What's that? Sure. Like they, I don't think anybody in that knew. Well, like acting like, had only been like in, in movies and talkies yeah, had only been around for like 35 years at that point. So they're well, like, and ah. I think the other part of it was um, that in the fifties, like that was when social media started to grow. Like, teeny boppers knew about what other teeny bop from the radio and stuff like sure. that. Like that was social me like before it was just, you know, band music until everyone eats their cornbread and goes to bed. But yeah, it's eerie how much you know about those old days. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the fifties was when things started to really pick up and gain some speed and then derailed with disco, but no. So the fifties were when people knew about things. So they knew, Oh, the name of that movie star. And they knew that. And the, and the kids were starting to drive things forward and then i just feel like that's why some of those people were actors because they were like oh i see this person on the like i can do that and i think that's what they they hinted to in burton's version of you know edward's life story was uh though all, half the people were producers like if you give me money i'll let you be in my movie like yeah that was how he was getting stuff made so i think the advent of that of you know kids listening to the radio and, and that information moving around a little bit more as you know we started to civilize <laughs> into the next 50 years yeah um i think they just they were just doing it because it was i want to say glamorous but no one under really really understood what that meant like it was just in name only well it was still Some, like, someone will know my name and that's important. being an on film was still like incredibly yeah, cool and in hip the, the films film. unlike in now the... where if you have a phone you can have your own channel that on the internet that people can pull up on their TVs to watch yeah, there's you. There's people like, that are millionaires that my kids watch. And I just I'm like, how is he a millionaire? Oh, he has like 40 million YouTube followers. 
I've never heard this person's name. What? Right, like, what does How he do? Are they he, rich? He plays video games and he talks during, and then people give him money. Jesus Christ! Every time you talked when I was playing a video game, I told you to shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> these guys are millionaires from it. What the hell? Yeah. So, I. <laughs> it's just, Is this yeah. like the two old dudes show now, where we're just like fucking apparently, kids? Well, apparently, I'm morphing everyone into that. I guess. This is turning into like those terrible conversations that you have at a dive bar where it's like, if only we could transport back to the fifties. And then like, you forget about like the overt, like racism and like sexism. Also that that. <laughs> they even says it in plan nine from outer space. There's a line and I'm paraphrasing with something along the lines of uh, Paula, the main, like there's not really a main character in this series, but it's all over the place. She's like the pilot's wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She gets like hysterical. And then the, uh, the investigator dude, Lieutenant Harper, is just like, women are he's like, yep, through all the generations, they've been like that, especially when things are scary or something oh, really yeah. super shitty. Yeah, 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 that was actually pretty, that was almost spot on. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then the uh, the aliens at the end, the female alien starts to explain something to them and he slaps her and he's like, no you don't say like women don't talk basically is what he, like even on our planet like it just it was so horrible <laughs> like i do understand that and you know if you're going to tell the story in the 50s style you're gonna have to include aspects some, of that. I guess, you know what i mean like some of that like i mean not to bring it back up but lovecraft does that in you know yeah from 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 tip to tail it's yep. it's they, they don't shy away from it again i don't know how that translates to what i'm talking about doing with this but I just like that look. Well, let's let's find out. Let's get into our different versions. So I'm definitely doing the like kind of very meta where there's a a really badly made movie that is being remade as a bad movie, but it's like winking at the audience about how bad it is while it's happening. You're doing more of a 50s stylized, you know, still sci-fi well, movie. Well, yeah. So my idea with it is to make it grittier, edgier, and smooth out the rough edges of the script okay you know like make it so it makes more sense all right so or for... at least it's explained better sure because like, he never that was the other thing edward never explained it it just he had well, I mean, the actors explained it but the the just the voiceover during the whole thing and the creswell at the beginning mm -hmm. no it, it it literally just seems like it's pieces of other things like chop suey movie like he just put pieces together and then tried to put a voiceover to make the story make sense. And I, he, I wouldn't have it that way. I would, the conclusion I would actually doesn't really make sense. Where like the spaceship like kills one of like it kills vampire, not vampire. It kills Ghoul Man, which is just like the stand-in for Bella Lugosi. Yeah, <laughs> kills him. Not explained why. He just turned yeah, into like a skeleton. That's what I'm saying. None of the just if you look at it as a as a script, like if it, if the script was following a, a straight line, this thing would be like a heartbeat, <laughs> right? like you know an EKG meter. Like it's so the script ideas and everything are so all over the place. But like somebody who tries to make movies and make short films and stuff, you see where he was going. You kind of see where he was going. Yeah. So, just the the essence of that is another reason where I'm like I I I do have a, a soft spot for this just because of how bad it is. Yeah, but it's one of those that you just everybody always thinks about too. I mean, yeah. you know, they named the record store after it. Sure, so, I mean we've got a record store in town that's called Plan Nine. So yeah, yeah exactly. So part of it, the... it made its mark. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, and again, this is only using good scriptwriters and a good director and like someone who 
understands the tone that I'm talking about. But yeah. Well, and taking those sharp edges of the script and like smoothing them down well, let's so get that in, they make it, a little more sense. Let's get into that then. Let's uh, get into our different versions of this film uh, gotcha. be- before we run out of time just talking about the film itself. But, <laughs> Forgot which, about that. No, understandable. Well, I don't think we're going to have to really get into the nuances of our choices too much no. with this at all. Um, honestly, the choices I made were really based on the directors that I had for my versions. And, uh, and you could pretty much add whoever you wanted into the different roles because again nobody has any tone uh in the original yeah, yeah it's not like you're trying to match anyone's performance no they're just you all know? speaking woodenly you can just add whoever you want into here so for yeah. your for your uh smoother corners uh stylized version 1950s uh set version of plan nine from outer space uh what who's your director who'd, who'd you cast who do you got here uh, so director uh, would be Fincher. Oh wow! Because wow, of the... so you're really going for that. Oh stylized... yeah. So another another uh, piece of the puzzle with that is was Mindhunter. Sure. That I mean I feel like that's almost a similar tone. That was the '70s, but just the the look and the feel. If you put that and Lovecraft Country next to each other, I feel like you're in the same universe going from the '50s to the '70s. Okay. Yeah. I, I totally see what you're saying. So, yeah. And Fincher Fincher did that. So. Uh, with uh, Mindhunter, so my brain went, immediately went to Fincher. Plus, I love Fincher anyway. So yeah, fair enough. So, so if I'm gonna have him make make my favorite uh, piece of crap, I'm. <laughs> I mean, other than Alien Three, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> a David Fincher Plan Nine from Outer Space movie. See, from the guy that brought you Fight Club and The Social Network. Well, Social Network was well, yeah. The period yeah. piece stuff. I, I give him some latitude because it was he told a good story. Yeah. I mean, about, you know, the Zuck, but the, um, but you know, all the choices and all that stuff that he made and stylized looking, it was just, I, he, I just think he's great. So fair enough. Fight me. <laughs> I'm not gonna. So, uh, who do you have for your cast for, uh, this David Fincher, bit? This David Fincher <laughs> reboot? Um, so the only one that like immediately jumped out to me when I had this idea initially was the Tor Johnson role. Um, and having Dave Batista do it. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. You know, like, obviously he's not fat, but I don't know if he would like, and, and I don't, again, I'm not even married to the look of the characters. Like, that's how. Yeah, loose it could I be anything. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how loose I am with it. So, um, just that uh, dynamic, that, that should give you an idea of what, I, what I'm talking about with the their look can change. And, you know, Vampire is not going to be this big around. And Sure. You know what I mean? Like the size and everything, none of that really mattered to me. And honestly, it didn't, again, it didn't this, really matter, t- matter to me either. Ed, yeah. Well, I took it, I, I took it further off the rails too. Cause it was even like, if there's a character that makes no sense, take them out. Like, I honestly feel like a ghoul girl and Bella Lugosi, like as a dressed as a vampire, uh, blatantly as a vampire, um, that none of that had would have to stick. Like it, you, you know what we're talking about when you do a remake and the essence of it and everything. It's just, I'm not even close to being married. To that. I don't I disagree only because there are some key elements that need to exist in order for it to really be the same thing. It's almost like the Dawn of the Dead remake was so different than the original Dawn of the Dead. But one thing that it had to be was in a mall. Like you take the mall yeah. away and then oh, it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. A, I mean, it movie. was, I mean, cause it was a, like a, parallel of society yeah consumerism so you take out you know vampire and bella lugosi or the ghoul man and uh and vampire girl out of it well 
and again, so in, in my version of it and the way I was thinking of it, and this is why I was having a tough time, like who to cast for it, for that would be for, for literally the Bella Lugosi and vampire roles. Um, it could in the store, what I meant was in the story. Cause in the movie in plan nine, the original it's there, his wife and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Bella Lugosi's like 70 years old. And then vampire is like late twenties maybe. And yep. that's supposed to be his life. Like, it's just, it's all over the place. So again, keep the elements of the characters maybe, but not the same way. Like it could be a goth couple that dies and they sure. just so happen to look like that as a joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, I mean, Which, as I a mean, little tongue in cheek, if you were making it, we could probably find that pretty easily between our friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, it would be a lot of set dressing down the other people to look <laughs> right? normal. Everybody else just show up like you normally do. <laughs> like, why does the detective have no eyebrows? It's like, oh, that's just Steve. We'd have no problem casting that. Although <laughs> finding good actors, different story. Different story entirely, for sure. <laughs> All right, so you've got, you got your tour as uh, Dave Batista. Dave Batista. And, and I only thought about, like, the main sure. people. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. You, like, even what you remembered, like the pilot and the and the and his wife. Um, but... Um, Going, David Fincher likes to use the same actor sometimes too. So a lot of pilot, do, yeah. I the pilot, I immediately thought Army Hammer. Okay, yeah. From Social Network. From Social uh, Network, yeah. When he played two people too, which was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so having him as, um, uh, it was his name was Jeff the pilot. Jeff Trent. I Jeff looked Trent, it up. Yeah. The main pilot, yeah. Um, and then his his wife. Uh, I feel like I would hope they would punch her role up a little bit more. Like, yeah, I, not, not just like that's any like, movie that was made before like 1998. Oh, yeah. like she just, was, she was literally part of the set. Like yeah. the palm tree was women in the 1950s. Their parts in movies like, well, I don't know why you're asking me. I'm just a little woman. I'm going to go make you a sandwich. You know, that yeah. was the whole role. So, um, but I would feel like they would have to show a little bit more dynamics. So my, my role for Jeff's wife was um, Anna Kendrick. Okay. Okay. Just because she's a lot smaller than Army Hammer too, and I I don't know, like keeping the my my mentality of nostalgia is weird. Like it was for watching this, it was like um uh bullet bras and <laughs> that women were smaller. Like I don't know why those things like stick when I think fifties is like all oh, the women were always tinier. So and, you could have picked any woman because Army it, Hammer is so, like my brain eight is feet random. tall. He's an eight foot tall man, so you could put basically any actress next to him and they're going to look true mean. but i guess i don't see him as being that t- i know he is tall because he's he's definitely taller than me but um and i'm six one but I, I don't know i just i guess i never I, I just see the difference in height in my mind and that literally is enough for me to go yeah and i like that actress like it was <laughs> i didn't go deep on it i was i just thought how, who would look cool together and yeah fair enough you know she does comedy and comedy actors tend to do a really good uh, job with weird drama they say once you do comedy you can do anything else so yeah so i don't know i just that jumped out to me was (laughs) fair enough (laughs) all right who else you got so like i said the three main the bella lugosi tour would be dave batista and um vampira i almost said elvira sorry Uh, no and with elvira i thought long and hard about casting elvira because i'm like the modern day vampire is elvira you know but there isn't yeah. anybody that is the I mean, direct, cor- but I feel like you just have to kind of give it up and move away from yeah, that yeah, yeah. because then you're Well, kind she's of- also, not only is she uh, still attractive, but she is much, much older than who I would feel like would make more sense in, sure. in the role. You she know? was actually 
appropriately aged to be married to Bella Lugosi if, she, if they were right. Yeah, <laughs> if we use an old actor. Again. Yeah, right. Exactly. So for the vampire role, all I could think was, and it was. It's actually I realized after I thought about, it, I was like, it'd be really cool if the woman who played Johnny Depp's mom in Sleepy Hollow would be. But then I realized she's actually the one who plays Vampira in. Tim Burton's remake oh, wow. <laughs> or Tim Burton's okay. thing. I was like, oh crap, that's the same actress. So that that made me think, okay, yeah, let's do her because she uh she's um already played the same, like you know what I mean? Like she's that already would be done like this. one of those those Hollywood tongue-in-cheek serendipitous things. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So um I had her as um the vampire role, you know, coincidentally. Yeah. And then um the Bella Lugosi role, the role would go much younger than Sure. Yeah. Okay. Just so so we're clear. So that not, not not an old man and a, a woman in her twenties. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Deal. Yeah. Um. That. Uh, oh crap! I had wrote, I thought I wrote it down. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't write it down. Um. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I totally see that working. Yeah. But it's not somebody I would have initially thought of right off the bat. And I don't know how much younger he is than Bell Lugosi. I don't I just see him, you know, the Yeah, but also the woman playing Vampire you know, now yeah. would be a little bit Roughly older. Roughly the too. same age. Yeah, so yeah, they would be cl- at least closer than uh than Vampire and Bella Lugosi were. Yeah, and uh I did remember the name of the actress. It was Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie, okay. That's what yeah, that's the chick. But Again, not a huge name, like not but like some big names, some like I just feel like it needs all those things. Sure, sure. And I never, I don't want to hear anyone else's opinion. No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to hear who you cat. No. Yeah, right. That's the end of the episode. We're doing a short one here. See you Um, later. Thanks. Bye. No. So those were the main ones I picked. And it was, I mean, if you think about it, everybody else is kind of, the only other person I tried to think of uh, was for the main alien. Um, And see, I was debating on doing the the commander or not, but actually arrows. The really flamboyant one. Yeah, but Eros, his right hand man, actually has a lot more dialogue than the yeah, commander does. So that's, that's what, what I meant. Like, who I ended up casting was Eros, the not the commander guy, the the like just under him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was saying. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah, okay, that's what I did too. Um, and he's the one that has the like, you're stupid. He's the one that has that dialogue at the yeah, end. Yeah, he's the one. You're <laughs> stupid, stupid. Yeah. Um, I think the um, the biggest thing for that though is, uh in my version of it, in my David Fincher version of it, because it's grittier, it doesn't even necessarily have to be commander and the two people dynamic. Um, they would probably be just like for name references, like those three people would be the ones you see on the ship. But I feel like the ship would be a real sh- like spaceship movie ship. Sure. There'd be more than just the three people on it. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I also see it more of like a weird, um, I actually had this role twice. I, I like I tried to pick the role twice, and maybe what I should have done was made one the commander and one the other. But in my brain, it was a mix between um, Matthew McConaughey wow. and Woody Harrelson. Okay, okay. Um, I see what you're aiming like, for there, like the yeah, general. Yeah, kinda... so like I was trying to figure out like who would be who because I feel like <laughs> if you tried to like parallel those two characters from the original, there's nothing to compare it to, like. Other than the fact that the one is fairly flamboyant, like maybe keep that element just for funsies. Sure. But <laughs> then I would say throw that to McConaughey. Uh, but if you want to change it and make the commander be a badass, then make the commander Woody Harrelson. Yeah, like you know fair. what I mean? Like it just it it just played 
differently in my head. So I put both the names down and then it's like whoever we were talking about, that's what I would pick. Yeah, it's like one one can be like the commander guy, one can be Eros, which is like yeah, the yeah. other guy. Call yeah. it a day. You're good to go. Exactly. Like I just I didn't know how granular you and I were gonna get with this. So in my mind it was I'm doing pretty well if he picks more than the five people I thought about. I've got seven. Uh, but yeah. but also like Well technically I guess I do now too, because Yeah, like but also like these are just uh it's mainly casted by who the director is, so it, it's it's not really about like there's not oh. a lot of thought into you well, know it's and, just who in could the same of... in the same vein I I I kind of went with the first thing that popped in my head, and a lot of those actors minus um, uh, Lisa Marie uh, have worked some capacity on something similar to a David Fincher movie, too, sure, if sure. not directly, yeah. So my brain immediately goes to what he who the people he uses. Just like Christopher Nolan, he uses a lot of the same people, I mean, and you throw a new one in and every once in a while. That's what we do end up doing a lot on the show is that you end up getting a re- reference. You know, if there's an actor that's in every single movie that this director that you chose does, then you've got to figure out who that ber- yeah, actor's yeah, yeah. gonna be in this version, and that's always kind of fun for me, uh, which is part of the reason that I was excited about t- choosing this director for my version of it. Right. Um, I definitely doing the like kind of winking at how terrible this is and doing kind of a not like shitting on more of just like a, a real honor to the original, like yeah, celebrating. So if, you were, if you were to name a movie that you feel has done that before, what would be an example? Well, actually the director that I chose oh. has done something similar to in the zombie genre. Um, and recently with a little film by the name of the dead don't die. And okay. uh, talking about the director of uh, ghost dog coffee and cigarettes, the dead don't die. Jim Jarmusch. Uh, directing okay. a Plan Nine from Outer Space movie, so okay, I can see that. Totally, just you know, bad set design, just like super campy and like fake looking, really fake looking backgrounds in the shot background shots. Just really play in the like low budget world a little bit of uh, like campy 1950s sci fi and have it set in the 1950s. Absolutely, I want it to be. I don't feel like this translates too well outside of the 1950s like this kind yeah, of well, it was all the paranoia of the 50s yeah spacemen and nuclear war and sure and it, apparently zombie well yeah because uh dawn of the dead had been out and uh influenced those movies you know those that at that point so all that happening at the same time yeah okay well no, dawn of the dead was in the 70s night of the living dead was 68 really yeah i thought it was way earlier than no that. no no night of the living dead was 1968 oh yeah, see, old man brain. Yeah, the same you. year that Martin Luther King was shot, there was a black man slapping a white woman on screen. So, uh, all right. Yeah. Little known fact. Little known fact there, yeah. Um, but no, Jim Jarbush, uh, he definitely has a way of having this kind of. It's not really breaking the fourth wall. You know, the, the actors aren't talking to the Well, that's what I was going to ask. Would audience. you have it? You said you'd have it set in the 50s. Yeah. And, and everything. And story wise, that makes the most sense. But uh, are you talking about. Because you were talking about booms coming in. Yeah, I definitely want it to look like it's a poorly made uh, version of the 1950s. Okay, so, bit. but not like someone, You said I thought you had said someone was filming a bad movie in the 50s. I thought you meant like breaking that one wall, oh, no, making no. it a I, movie about a movie. I okay. thought about doing that, where you could do it like it's Ed Wood filming Plan yeah, 9. But I and think then, that's what Burton kind of did. So exactly. Kinda, that's that's yeah. just kind of stepping on something that's already been done. So no, I don't want to well, do that. This is it is a remake. <laughs> yeah, right. But I do want to well, this is a remake of the movie Ed Wood, not of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, Sorry. Th- this is yeah, the, the movie itself is set in the nineteen fifties. The okay. but the 
it's I, I, I get what you're going with poor then. set design based it's, on what you said okay yeah it's all the all the stuff looks absolutely not real <laughs> there's no way that yeah. it looks like it's trying to look real and so it com- comes off as this like hyper realistic bad version of a thing uh that <laughs> yeah i got you. i think would be a total fun for all these actors to play in so so you you feel like they should film it like they're really back in the fit like the campiness level being similar then to the now well being similar to how we view the original, not how it was well, intended. I look at there's there's some movies like it happened in Ed Wood. There was a uh, episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that did it. There's a number of movies where good actors have to act badly in yeah, the scene yeah, yeah, where they're yeah. they're playing an actor that's a bad actor or something. And oh I yeah, always, okay, I get what you're saying. I always enjoy those scenes so much because how difficult it is for a good actor to act poorly. It's like when Steve Martin does the like clapping out of time thing with his stand-up, where he has rhythm. So that's yeah. really hard for him to clap out of time <laughs> because you naturally go to it. It's like elastic to swim it upstream then. Yeah. yeah. So I wanna I really want to see what these like great actors are gonna do just playing it super wooden gotcha. or just like leaning in really hard in this like badly made set and like knocking shit over and just really playing in the sandbox of just bad 1950s sci-fi movie. So would you do what I would am doing and smooth the script down a little and do it that way? Or would you go like a psycho frame by frame remake? <laughs> no, I don't think I would even do frame by frame remake. It might even be like questioning the direction of the plot in the movie. Where it's like, okay, why did, did you? Did we mean to? Did we say mean to, This is what we're doing. Did now? we I gotcha. mean to shoot okay. the ghoul guy? I'm like, I, did somebody sit on the button? You know, just like really like play it out I that gotcha. way, where you're kind of nodding to the nonsense that is this movie, but it's in the context of the actual movie. I got gotcha. you. So, okay. I, and I think these actors have so much fun. I had to cast a narrator because the narrator is so much an important part. See, and what's funny is I got to the end of my my casting and never even thought about that. And like it, putting a narrator over it wouldn't even it didn't even factor into me because of the Fincher angle. But yeah, yeah Fincher, so, I don't I don't think you would need a narrator really. For no, that, not, that way he writes. That's what I mean. Like, but for this version, I think it would be really fun to have someone doing a radio announcer voice. You know, well, <laughs> everything's going on. I think it would be really fun to have this like snarky attitude to it as well as it's going. And an okay. actor that has worked with Jim Jarmusch before that I think would be really fun to hear doing this is Steve Buscemi as the narrator over top of everything that's going (laughs) down with just this like shitty, like just smarmy kind of attitude about everything that's going on just does not want to be there. And it's just like mad about just like, here's this thing that (laughs) that would kind of be a reversal from the original one too, because uh, I think, I, I think Ed would narrated it. I don't remember, but, no, it was, uh, I forget the name of the narrator, but was it? I don't remember, but. Well, if you look up different stuff on him, there's like, they credit him with a bunch of different things. Sure. So, but I, I didn't pay that close attention to the narrator, but um, the narrator was really the only person selling it. Like, that was the only person that was reading with enthusiasm. And at the end, it's like, and, and as you're driving down the street in the night, look to the car to your left, look to the car to your right, and one of them might be from outer space. Yeah. Just really trying so hard to put it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just Steve Buscemi is the narrator who's just exhausted trying to keep all these like nonsense moving parts to somehow be strung together and is just (laughs) tired of it. Would be so much fun for me. And then we're going into the actors. You've got Jeff Trent and Paula Trent, the married couple, the pilot and his wife. 
And um, I decided that, you know, sticking with a lot of the actors that have done stuff with Jarmusch before, this is an actor that's been both in Patterson and The Dead Don't Die. For the pilot, I've got Adam Driver. Okay. Um, great actor. And also, I just think he would have a lot of fun playing the, like, grizzled 1950s hero guy mm-hmm. a little bit and would kind of lean in. And he also was a soldier, so he can definitely, like, have that, like, oh, yeah. that yeah. stand that the way you hold yourself is something that I think is missing sometimes in military movies because they the actors haven't actually been in the military. There is a certain yeah. way that my friends that have been in the military hold themselves mm-hmm. from the training. Yeah. And Adam Driver could definitely pull that off a little bit. So Yeah, I could see that. And I, I think that would be kind of important to the, his hero role in this. Yeah. And then uh, Paula Trent, his wife, um, also from The Dead Don't Die, just as the like wild-eyed wife, 1950s wife, like, oh, what, what are we going to do? And also, yeah, you have uh, Army Hammer, giant tall man. I got Adam Driver, and then I have a much smaller woman uh, next to him with uh, Chloe Sevigny. Oh, okay. So two two actors that look like aliens in their own right. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you picked the non-traditional <laughs> right? uh, look, but I, I guess he does that in his movie. Uh, you know, when he's directed movies, he tends to pick... Weird-looking people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're or, usually the most interesting. Sure. And that's people are kind boring. Of no, uh, that's this whole thing yeah. <laughs> is how this goes. We've got Ghoul Man, uh, formerly Bella Lugosi. And I had struggle figuring out how to do this because it's stock footage of Lugosi. And then it's like, is it Ed Wood that's the, like the vampire dude? Otherwise, no, just uh, his dentist, I think. His dentist or something. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> just a dude. Um, but I just wanted to make it cohesive as one person, but also do it as somebody that like, make sure that all their shots are done in one day. Like the actor comes in for one day, shoots all the shots. So it's like whatever you end up getting in that day, it just gets reused throughout to kind of as an homage to. As you were describing that, I, my, my thought was uh, like the scenes as they're filmed, movies are never filmed in order. Right. But as they put the movie together, just have like that day he showed up with his hair like trimmed or his beard different or what, you know, whatever, something that like over time would change. And then like, as the pieces are filmed, you see like, you could have a background thing of like, yeah, like his hair is the different shape in this thing. And like no continuity for the one, the one actor that could also, when you started to describe it, that's where my brain went. That could absolutely work. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I decided for a ghoul, uh, actor and entertainer that looks like a ghoul anyway, and has been both the focus of a Jim Jarmusch documentary and also has been in a Jim Jarmusch, a uh, couple Jim Jarmusch movies, both, uh, I like coffee and just c- like saying his name, like <laughs> Jim Jarmusch. I do enjoy it, but he's been in coffee and cigarettes and the dead don't die. Uh, as cool man, Iggy pop coming in oh, there, just looking wow. undead without any makeup. Yeah. I mean, how do we know he's really not at this point? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's that macrobiotic diet that he's on is the only thing that's keeping him alive. And just like he's the a- amount of like just dormant drugs in his system from the 1970s. Yeah, he's just basically old drugs and prehistoric enzymes in the <laughs> right? skin, skin in the shape of Iggy Pop. Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not even Iggy Pop. Like his body has like all the cells have become self-aware and chose to stick together to yeah, remain. Yeah, it's like, man, we may as well ride this out. <laughs> <laughs> And then as a vampire girl, a it it was kind of a no-brainer when we're talking about a, a the director 
the actress to play Vampire Girl from Only Lovers Left Alive, from The Dead Don't Die, Tilda Swinton. Oh, yeah. Would be a great vampire girl. Uh, she's definitely got that, like, lanky... I don't know that... I, she's so good, though. I don't know that she'd be able to act poorly. I don't know. She definitely goes can a little good weird. Actor, like, can a really good actor act poorly? Or is that, like... Like, how would you rate that? That's like, something that you, like, ask a question about to a robot so that they're, like, they end up, up. self-destructing. <laughs> is like, is an actor so good that they can act poorly and therefore be a bad actor? And it's like, does not compute, and then just yeah. explodes. You've like, broken one of the robot laws. Can Tilda Swinton act poorly on purpose? Like, does yeah. not know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could see her act poorly on purpose. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that she's capable of that. I don't, she's Which makes it so weird. It, it is. It's like the chicken and the egg thing. Like, I can't. She's definitely wrap my brain very it. campy and weird in roles like Dead Don't Die. Also, her role in Snowpiercer definitely went very hammy with her role in that. And so, if it's not bad acting, she can at least do like the, the Kurt Russell school of acting approach to it and just go big with everything in the role. So it's yeah. probably good acting, but just like playing with it a little so bit So almost more. like Bella Lugosi in female form. <laughs> <laughs> right? Kind of. Yeah. I can see. Okay. Yeah. So we got, yeah. Tilda Swinton is Vampire Girl. Then we got Eros, the uh, the alien dude that has the like, your shit, your people are awful. Um, humans are going to destroy the universe conversation. And I just, w I'm not even going to give like the dialogue to this actor and put him in there as Eros, as the alien, and just let him kind of do his own thing, let him play in the space, come up with his own stuff. Uh, Bill Murray has to be the alien. <laughs> has to be the alien. Like, I was trying to think of if he should be the narrator because he would do great as a narrator. No, I want him to just Bill Murray that role and just do whatever he wants with it. Just play around, push some buttons. It was like, is this the coffee maker? You know, just going around and just kind of Improving everything. Letting him go. Yeah, letting him fully go. Addressed him in off the chain. a really bad 1950s like alien slash knight costume or whatever the fuck that dude was wearing in yeah, there. Yeah, whatever. I, you so you wouldn't make the uh, the wardrobe any better? <laughs> no, no. I'm making just you're, as you're, bad. You're com fully committed. Absolutely. I guess. And then so finally, you went, you went much more remake remake uh, than like, I did. I guess kind of a kind of a love letter to the original, I guess is more the approach. An Uber homage. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I've always loved about plan nine is that it is so bad that it almost goes around and becomes good. It's kind of like to 1950 sci-fi is plan nine as the germs is to like punk rock where the germs are so bad. Like they're so bad and basic that they almost become good. Like they're, there's something hypnotic about their music because of how bad they are. Their instruments. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of, I mean, there's a handful of punk bands you could say that Yeah, about. sure, sure. <laughs> but I feel like that's, and Jeremy definitely has kind of this, like, punk rock tone to his movies, so I thought it would be fun to, like, bring some originals together. You've got, like, the original, like, punk sci-fi, like, director, Ed Wood, and then Jim Jarmusch doing, you know, a remake of Plan 9 from Outer Space. It would be so much fun. Oh yeah, and then of course you got to get seeing it. I'm seeing it. You got to get head. somebody from the Wu Tang in here uh, to do this thing. So, and also because it doesn't have to make sense. I understand it's 19 like 55 or whatever whenever this movie came out uh, that it makes no sense for there to be uh, a black lieutenant uh, in in the police force. But fuck it, the RZA is Lieutenant Harper uh, because. <laughs> 
He's, he, he's been in coffee and cigarettes. He's in the dead. Don't die. Don't explain it. Just completely ignore all the overt racism that definitely existed in the Just 1950s. Leave it out of the 50s. Leave it completely out of the 50s. Doesn't make sense. I don't care. It's a remake of a Plan 9 from Outer Space. There's yeah. there's vampire zombies raised from the dead by aliens, so fuck it. You know, there's also yeah. not racism, apparently. Like, let's just... This is it's our... Multiverse. This, yes, it's exactly. Edward multiverse. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my, my real take. Uh, did you come up with, like, a fun take version of this, or...? Um, I feel like Tim Burton already made the fun take, so <laughs> right? I, I couldn't, I mean, cause for, for that movie being about Ed Wood, it's mostly about plan nine. There's a little Glenn or Glenda in there sure. and there's some other stuff, but it's, it's primarily about plan nine. Well, that's what my, my fun version, like honestly, Jim Jarmusch is a fun version. I mean, that's still like, yeah, that campy... was going to say yours is more of a, uh, like, just picturing it in, in your your choices, I feel like I can I can see what you're talking about. It's like a and I can caricature. see that still being a good version, a good bad version of it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But just well done and filmed well, and but intentionally of bad. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I thought about doing it totally the other way for my fun, and I'm not going to get into like the the casting choices because it's just kind of common sense nonsense bullshit. But I thought it'd be so fun to take the like the granddaddy of bad movies and that became a cult classic because of how bad it was. And people enjoyed watching and laughing at just how tragically bad this movie was and put it to the hands of a modern auteur who got popular due to just how tragically bad that their movie was and just see what they're going to do with this classic, you know, cult classic bad movie as a truly genuinely not intentionally bad director. So if Tommy Wiseau did Plan 9 from Outer Space, <laughs> what would that look like is my remix version of this. I gotcha. And then because he's got new best friends in Hollywood, ha, 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 with James Franco and crew, you threw a couple of them in there just to make it even more meta. Yeah. So you've got the narrator is James Franco. You got Jeff Trent, the pilot, as Dave Franco. And then his real-life wife, Allison Brie, who was also in The Disaster Artist, uh, as, as the wife, Paula Trent. And you could do this in a weekend. You could film this in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, um, nowadays you could easily. Tommy Wiseau do, is like a one take wonder. He just like he's like it's good enough. Like he does not care, so it's fine. <laughs> um, then you've got Ghoulman played by Greg Sestero uh, uh, or whatever the from the room. The oh yeah 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 the dude from the room that was played by uh, Dave Franco in the Disaster Artist. Yeah yeah yeah. And then Vampire Girl is Juliet Danielle, who was the was Lisa in the room. So he's oh, just okay. re reusing all the same actors from the room, I and gotcha. then also actors from the Disaster Artist because he can. And yeah. honestly, if Tommy Wiseau called uh, James Franco and was like, "I I make Plan Nine from Outer Space, you come be in my movie," he'd probably be like, "You know what? Fuck it. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> Let's do this." <laughs> then you've got for Eros, the alien. You absolutely have to have Tommy Wiseau play the the like message of taking care of your planet and not destroying the universe message. Uh, that that also Wiseau. gives me anxiety. Just imagining <laughs> that, imagining him do that. Well, like my, my, my throat closed up a little. Right. <laughs> I did not raise the dead. I did not. Oh, hi earth. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Uh, it just, it would be so bad. And then Lieutenant Harper, the the detective guy that's going around that doesn't get turned into a zombie, uh, you get 
who was in the, in the disaster artist and also a lover of old sci-fi and horror as well in his own right. Uh, Paul Shear. Oh, okay. And I think he would just have so much fun being like, I'm just happy to be included. We'd just yeah. <laughs> be there. Just happy just to, glad to be here. guys. Yeah. Just glad, glad to be here. Yeah. So that was my take for, uh, for just a weird version. Dead. It's almost like maybe the only way you can do a remake of Plan 9 from Outer Space is having a director who is truly as bad as Ed Wood was at making movies. Cool, then you're going to like my idea. Okay. Well, I don't know. We'll see how you're... So I just kept it dark. I kept it the whole thing dark. So, But my, my original take with Fincher and everything was stylized and clean and just well done. My only other idea take would be, and this is because some people consider what he did sacrilege, uh, Rob Zombie doing a Plan 9. Wow. Oh, so it would be just like really gross and brutal version. Yeah, like all the things you couldn't do in the 50s brought in stunning into stunning life and or death in in his hands. Yeah, and you know, I liked the Halloween remake. The sequel was terrible. I liked the first uh, one just because We're going to agree to disagree of... on the Halloween remake there. Uh, What's that? We're going to agree to disagree on the Halloween remake there. I know, that's uh, why I said some people feel a certain <laughs> way. Um but that just it I just like I like modern takes on things I would never have thought to redo, if that makes sense. Like sure. Modern takes on on things like um like Suspiria they redid and, and th- like things that were like you would almost say they're too far away, they're in such a different time that you, you can't really, redo it. Yeah. Because I mean, think about it, because Plan Nine was like 70 years ago. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that, the the difference in space in that makes me, I, I do like it a lot when somebody does a remake and they either modernize it or whatever. And, you know, I'm in a small camp. Some people did not, uh, you know, they just, they're, but that's also when you saw a movie for the first time. You obviously, you know, some people start late and they don't see the original movie. They see the remake first. Like, <laughs> they made a book of that, like that sort of th- like yeah, mentality. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah, just to see, because I mean, House of a Thousand Corpses, I almost feel like is the horror horror movie version of um, Jim Jarmusch, like you were talking about. Like, I feel like you, I, I don't know, it was like, it's its own thing. And it, mentally, I just see, I, I feel like, uh, I'm going to shoot myself for this later, but I feel like Rob Zombie could be compared to the Ed Wood of that time. Because Ed Wood loved that- all those old movies and loved all the Ad- movies of the Adam. And all that stuff, and he tried to put it all together into one movie. And Rob Zombie definitely did the same thing with the House of a Thousand Corpses, where we're like evil doctor, uh, like murder family. Like when that when that movie went to that, and when I originally saw it, I was like, "Oh, he's trying to be like this." Like the the whole first part of the movie, I'm going, "Are these guys just this bad? Like, what the hell is that?" (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean, like. it took me a minute and it obviously took rewatching and stuff later on. But when I first saw it in the theater, when it came out, when that switched over and it was like down in Dr. Satan area, I'm like, are we still watching the same movie? What right. the hell is happening? Did so, like, they drop see... into the pit and it ended up being on another movie set underneath Yeah, <laughs> somebody else <laughs> like, directing something else. Yeah. So like putting that, I feel like Rob Zombie has just a better way of doing things, but I feel like that's, the energy he's putting out there. You know what I mean? So to put plan nine into his hands, you know, 
it's not like anybody absolutely loved Plan Nine anyway. So it right, like be, it's already trash. Like it's already yeah, bad. It would be so. a, you can only improve on it. You can light yeah. it on fire and throw blood at it. Like <laughs> right. that's <laughs> it's already trash. Just light it on fire. Nice. But you know that's what I, like that was my only other idea, and I originally thought about pitching that because that was like it was a toss up between the two. But then sure. I just the more I thought about you know Lovecraft and Fincher and everything, I was like, nah, I like that. You one like better. the stylized one, yeah. And it's yeah, tough yeah. because I oftentimes end up with multiple versions that I have to like narrow down to which yeah. one I wanted to do. Of course, the thought came by of Burton, but it's also like you kind of already saw like the behind the scenes making of Tim Burton version. So yeah, I feel like I said, I feel like that's almost like adjacent. And like, know, like Tim Burton already had his own plan nine from outer space movie with uh, Mars attacks. So yeah, like we don't need him to do another yeah. s- like flying saucer attacks earth movie. Like we already really got that. That's brilliant. I love that one. Let's not like, <laughs> let's not mess it up, mess it up with a different one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I know I, I like your idea of like how bad would a Rob Zombie Plan Nine from Outer Space movie be? But like good, it, like good bad. Like I, again, I feel like a lot of the people who watch movies and some a lot of the people who like certain kinds of movies also have the same mentality as Ed Wood. Like sure. just like I'm watching a movie. Like that's what's exciting. It doesn't have to be good. My stepkid thinks that Supergirl is the greatest show on TV. And I'm like, ah, you also put ketchup on your steak. Like I can't, <laughs> you know, like I, you, when you get older, it will make more sense that this was horrible. Like <laughs> that but kind sometimes of stuff. The horrible Except for part maybe the it... Kevin Smith directed episodes. Wink, wink. Nudge, yeah. Nudge. Right. No, but sometimes <laughs> the horrible nature of it is what makes it good. I mean, there's so many trash horror movies out there in sci-fi or whatever that I've come to know and love. Hell, um, my girlfriend and I, we watch really bad, like romantic comedies that were like Hallmark channel movies and shit. Just because they're so, so bad. Like the Ed Wood's like, look at this crap. Like it's yeah. just that it's the same, like four actors that are in every single one of them. And yeah. it's the acting is bad. The sets are terrible. Every, the dialogue is terrible and will roast the fuck out of them. And it's so much fun <laughs> because there's nothing sacred about it. You don't feel no. bad about it at all. You are certain that they know that they're making a pile of trash, but they only have 10 grand. So fuck it. Let's, they have 10 grand a movie. They have three, 9,000 to- of that's to pay the third level C list actress that happened to do it this way. Yeah. Like D- Dean Kane is pulling a whole eight grand for this film. So we've really got to, we really got to be tight. Craft services is just a, a bunch of like McDonald's hamburgers. Like that's all it's, that the, it's the John Favreau taco truck pulling up out front. <laughs> right? Yeah. We're filming season three. You guys need food for this for thing. This you're Hallmark doing channel movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, even when movies are, are really bad, sometimes they're still fun to watch. So I, oh, yeah. and that's kind of where Edward lives is in that weird little world of it being so bad that it's kind of good. And, yeah. That's uh, what I was saying that the, the kind of people that like, I don't want to say the kind of people that like Rob Zombie movies because I kind of like some of them. Thank sure. Thank you very much. Um, but I feel like they're the, they have the Edwin mentality. I feel like I kind of do, honestly. I think mm-hmm. that's why I fit into the niche. Like sometimes I just like watch – my wife hates me for it sometimes because we'll be watching a movie. It's like, do you see that boom shadow? And she's like, will you shut up and let me watch the movie? I'm like, but it's terrible. Like <laughs> there's no continuity. and there's a. But I, I still like watching because I like – I just like the universe of movies, period. Sure. So I feel like those are the kind of people that would go see it too. If, if 
we just let it turn into a blood and gut fest from Rob Zombie. Absolutely. Yeah, that. you know that the uh, ghoul man and vampire girl wouldn't just like judo chop people to make them fall oh, down. Yeah. Like there would be some viscera happening. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right, so that, before, was my, that was my other idea, but yeah. <laughs> before we go into our trailers uh, for our versions, I wanted to see if you had any ideas for mashups, like of anything else that you wanted to like throw in, uh, just another film, another show that you oh, just... nothing, nothing to do with this. No, that would be mashed up with Plan Nine. From oh, Outer with Space. Plan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that kind of goes off topic. Well, like an example, um, I thought of one uh, that would be interesting is that if you have the events of Plan Nine from Outer Space happening at the exact same time that the day that Earth stood still was happening, but it's two different alien species that didn't know the other ones were showing up. So they just ended up ha happening upon Earth to tell them about, like, cool your jets. Uh, that's the same fucking warning. Uh, just like, you gotta cool your jets or we're gonna have to destroy you. Like, it's one or the other. Uh, yeah. And but they're like, you're gonna no. kill. I'm gonna kill you. You kill me. Kill. Uh, okay. And they're just kind of like weirdly competitive about it uh, on who's the one that has to. And be then it turns seriously. into alien versus predator. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I see where you're doing. <laughs> um, no, the only, uh, I guess the only mashup like meant uh, in the mix for that for me would be um, just meshing it with. I don't know, maybe even with the Lovecraft Country, if if I was having it made the way I, I envisioned it, you could see things happening in the background that were involved in Lovecraft Country. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were filming like almost the uh, like the Ryan Reynolds shot where he was on his phone against the wall. Oh, and you right. See the act, yeah, and then in the movie you see like you're watching Lovecraft Country and you see them filming plan nine behind them but like not actually filming but you see the actors in the background like almost like a gray's anatomy station 19 crossover <laughs> is that a thing that they did they did oh they do it all the time oh wow i have to i have to watch those uh i'm sorry those, you know, marriage that's, that's unfortunate well if i'm laying in the same bed not your marriage your marriage is like that, that <laughs> no. fact you have to watch those if movies. i'm laying in the same bed and she wants to watch it i'm gonna watch it but yeah and fair. then you get hooked and now i know the characters names and damn it fair enough so, fair enough yeah <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we're gonna cross over Love, Lovecraft Country with your version, yeah. and uh, yeah, but like like they exist in the same universe. Yeah, yeah, but I I've always wanted to have more movies that do that, where it's not even really they don't a, like, even have to. Yeah, they don't sense meet, to be like it's just that it's happening at the same time stuff. Yeah, so, where something happened and you and it's referenced in another thing, and then it all of a sudden we're a universe. Yeah, like I would have loved if uh, more movies just ended up putting like the phone the TARDIS in the background with like <laughs> yeah. with like a dude running into it really quick and then the next yeah. scene it's gone and it, it's never mentioned it's never part of the plot has you nothing just, to do with anything just a common thing just a common thing in movies this is the doctor who universe there's like yeah. the wilhelm scream is in every movie and then there's just a tardis somewhere in the background in all movies would be the most brilliant thing ever i would love it so much <laughs> <laughs> now there's going to be a whole bunch of videos on youtube of people going in and digitally inserting tardises in, <laughs> oh, in classic movies oh i would love it so much yeah. But okay, so we are at our trailers. I'm definitely doing my uh Jim Jarmusch version here. You're I'm assuming doing the Lovecraft Country uh treatment to your trailer. Uh yeah, and I had nothing like so Fincher trailers don't have a lot of dialogue typically. Not even of the people. Like hell, the social networking trailer was literally just like I think there's only like 10 words in the whole thing. Yeah. Cuz it's just all the the serious looks and the well, you can always just do a, a, a and... teaser uh, trailer if you want for it. So doesn't have to be. It does not have to be fancy. But let me uh, let me cue up the music. 
from the director that brought you The Dead Don't Die and Coffee and Cigarettes comes a fantastical voyage through space in a rush to save the human race. Join Jim Jarmusch on his adventures with Steve Buscemi as narrator, Adam Driver as Jeff, Palma, his wife, played by Chloe Zavigny, and Iggy Pop and Tilda Swinton as the creepy ones in Jim Jarmusch's Land 9 from Outer Space. Coming to a home near you because it's still the era of COVID. <laughs> okay. Cool. That was Lord. terrible. Um, so... <laughs> uh, it's leaps above what I was... I literally have like three sentences and none of it mentions the actors. <laughs> okay, well, I, I made that up off the cuff, so... Oh, all right. <laughs> don't worry. Setting the bar low like Ed Wood did with his movies. So here yeah, we go. Well, good, then I'll be right at home. So you're doing the David Fincher one. Here we go. Evil aliens attack Earth and set their terrible Plan 9 into action. As the aliens resurrect the dead of the Earth, the lives of the living are in danger. (laughs) This summer, Plan 9 from outer space. I saw it more in my head than (laughs) as a trailer. Okay, well, that was a uh, trailer, I guess, uh, for your teaser. I meant, I meant it to be a teaser. teaser. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Mine was a teaser as well, uh, as far as anyone knows. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, that, I, that was very enjoyable just to kind of celebrate like the weird nature of filmmaking where sometimes even the worst films end up becoming like lauded by like large groups of people for just how bad it is. And well, I, uh, figured, I figured if we were going to do it, it, you know, it's going to parallel with how some people think of me. Goofy and campy and, and so bad all that it's together good. there and yeah. forgetting dialogue constantly, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Carlton, if anybody wants to check out the stuff that you've done, like spider Bot Studios or uh, your your podcast or any of the other stuff that you've done, where can they go to get that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the SpiderBiteStudios.net is the main page. spider Bite Studios on Facebook. Um, I'm the Carltron on Twitter. Um, started using that again a little bit more for getting out there for the comedy stuff I'm doing. Nice. And then, yeah, uh, most of the help wanted, all that stuff's linked off of the other things, as well as previous episodes I've done of everything else. Yeah, also <laughs> on a, a show from spider Bite Studios, if you want to look at like the early days of Geeks Under the Influence, oh, yeah. I think it was like within year one that we went on a Black Leather Couch, your old oh, yeah. uh, interview show. Yep, and yep, there's uh, that, old footage of us. I actually don't have access to that YouTube page anymore after the uh, conglomeration changeover. So you guys are like immortalized there. I can't ever change it, take it down, oh, delete wow. it, nothing. <laughs> wow. I have no access anymore. But okay. yeah, it still has my company name on it. So wow. Like, All right. Well, well, there we go. There we go. Locked in time. Can't take that away from me. Yep. All right. Well, Carlton, thanks so much for uh, guesting on this episode. That was a lot of fun to dig into the weird and wild world of 1950s <laughs> atomic Red Scare sci-fi movies. But even uh, crappier than that. But even crappier than that. So <laughs> uh, definitely check out next week for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. Remember, we are doing every other week of the actual guests, movie pitches and remakes versions. And then on the opposite weeks, either with just me or with a guest, we're going to be doing what we call the short list, where we come up with original pitches. Uh, for different stuff where so it's not a remake or reboot it's actual original stuff so we can get as 
fully buck wild as we want on those episodes as well and just come up with some weird ideas. So join us next week for that one on Smack My Pitch Up. Thanks again, Carlton. And you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. Hey guys, Scotty Big Daddy Preston here. That's right, the Geek Father, asking you to join me here every other week with friends and family of the GUI Network as we go through all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So remember, join us or cry.